Insert gay card. I'm feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Wish I knew how queens. Susan, I'm gay. You can't love yourself. How in the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Gay card. Hi, I'm Robbie Roselle. My pronouns are he, him. And I'm Rob Schneider, and my pronouns are he, him. And welcome to Gay Card Revoked. Revoked. How are you? You know, it's been a few weeks, Rob Schneider. Well, you know, I was really disappointed, and I'll tell you why. Because I was getting ready to start this episode with a big promotion for your return to Feinstein's 54 Below. But it's all sold out, so I have nothing to promote. It's not because we added a second date that just went on sale while you were off at Hickory Farms or wherever you were. We <laughs> added a second date. summer sausage. <laughs> you, so you stopped by the mall kiosk? That's why. I just wait. They know me by name over there, which You're is like, really is sad. it Christmas time yet? Is it? <laughs> I walk in with a Santa hat and I try to fool them and nothing happens. So wait, when's the second date? Uh, July 14th, 945. Again, only 80 tickets and they sold in 24 minutes last time. So, so get in we, while you can. Where do we have to head over to purchase the tickets? 54below.com or you can go to RobbieRoselle.com for all of your Robbie Roselle needs, which are many. Or if you click into our episode description down below, it'll take you to a link and that'll take you right to get the tickets. Rob Schneider, you're so good at the electronic side of this. Please, thing. you know, I just I just got off of telegramming, so I'm very excited <laughs> about this, this new thing. Stop. Oh, funny girl, stop. It's saw funny girl, stop. It was amazing. <laughs> stop. Should have been Myrna Loy. Stop. Well, congratulations, Robbie. I think that's Thank fantastic. You. It's it's exciting. Honestly, um, I am surprised they asked me and I am uh, I'm re- like one of the people reopening the club. So that's um, I'm really excited. It's going to be fun. You, can you give us a little sneak preview of, of what will be in this show or what the theme of the show is going to be? So it's uh, supposed to be pride themed, but I can't seem to do anything that's uh not based around my trauma both real or perceived so uh i'm really just doing what i'm calling uh, a youtube grab bag and by that i mean you know when you go on ebay and you just buy a mystery bag and you're like maybe this time it's the blue crystal yes. it's just a deep dive into the rink right there you're welcome but really you just get like newsies trading cards but not the good ones it's mm. like specs yeah, yeah. yeah. uh I just want a lower expect. I should have called this show "Lowered Expectations." <laughs> That's the sequel. That'll be the sequel. I did think about calling it guacamole so I could just be extra the whole time. <laughs> anyway, how are you, Rob? I have not seen your face in a- and uh, listeners. We apologize uh, that we were not on time last week, um, but Rob needed a little more time to really soak in uh, the Barbara excellence of fun. I did. I did. I was I was so gobsmacked by what I saw. I had Why to wouldn't you be? stop, check myself into a facility for a while. I'm much Which, better now. That's why you're in California, right? I'm at passages, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not promises. We gotta go uh, back before my sponsor comes in. For sure. Okay. So my sand sponsor. Uh it's your sister, Rosalind Kind. <laughs> Rosalind Cash, Richard Kind. Wow, Rosalind Kind is Barbara Streisand's half sister, and the leap is wonderful. Actually, she's got a Thanks. fantastic 
question mark album out called Come What mm. May, and Meadowlark is on it. And if you close your eyes, it's Streisand singing a demo with synthesizers. Ooh. Yeah. Because we you haven't know, had since the Broadway album. Like Barbara, Barbara didn't pay for the good stuff. Like she doesn't get the orchestra. No. She, she gets like Barry Kleinbord and two other players. That's a, that's a, that is a deep cut that I'm keeping on this on this episode, by the way. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we're we're sorry we missed last week, but we're so thrilled to be here this week, especially because we have a fantastic guest with us, Rob Schneider. Yes, we do. Uh, well, introduce your friend. I my friend, I'm in love with him, honestly. Gonna be my second ex-husband. I can't wait. And awesome stuff. Where are you ready? Um uh Bed Bath and Beyonce, I think is, is that the, Bed Bath and Bernadette, I think, is right. actually a bit. Anyway, uh this guy, I can't I can't rave about him enough. He is from the suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio. Thank God he got out. Uh, but big ups to Cleveland. He um he's done so many wonderful roles. He was Jack and in Into the Woods at Town Hall opposite Alice Ripley and Tony Yazbek and Kate Schindel. Wild, I'm sure that was a night. Uh, he was uh, on Broadway standing by for Elder Cunningham in uh, the Book of Mormon. And then just before the pandemic happened, he was playing Elder Cunningham on the second national tour of the show. This is my pal. Jordan Matthew Brown. Jordan. Hi. 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 I'm how are so you? happy to be here. Honestly, I'm so happy you're doing this because you are just a beaming ray of positivity at all times. Oh my that gosh. Smile, very nice. That smile never stops. Uh, friends, you should really follow him on Instagram because one, he will probably, uh, his stories are the reason to watch. One for matzo ball soup. <laughs> Correct. And, and two for youth performances of him and everyone he knew. Correct. Also correct. Yes. It's my um, favorite thing. I, I, I have a lot of, I mean, I did a lot of youth theater as a child and I have made sure to keep all of those DVDs um, or get any of the videotapes transferred to DVD um, so I can watch them at any time just to like bring myself down if I ever need to be reminded, brought back down to earth. I would I would call you an archivist as well. Actually, I was looking at your website and your resume on it. Um, I'm thrilled to know that you can do unarmed and armed combat. But the most important mm. thing that jumped out at me is the very last special skill. Do you know what that very last special I skill is? I think I do. Is it a Patty LuPone impression? It sure is. And we're going to need it right now. Okay. Well, I don't know. I, I, okay. This is, I can, I can do it, but I, I like, I sometimes have to like think about it for a second. Let's, uh-huh. let's think. Like I need to like think of a song. Let's put her in Funny Girl. Like okay, okay. Let's see if I if she can do Funny Girl. I'm not as good as that account, inappropriate Patty. Who, uh, that guy who does that. Yourself. Just do yeah. it. Just do it. Or Leslie Kritzer um, at Lamouche. <laughs> <laughs> that was niche. Um, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's think if we can do it. Um. I feel like I need to like mute myself and practice first. Ah! Okay, ah! it's bad. Okay. You know what? Maybe we'll come back to it at the end. No, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I believe in myself. I don't I believe in myself. I'm Tara Rubin, and oh. I looked at your resume and I said, uh, it "Says here you got a Patty Lapona impression." Yeah, I know. That's the problem. I'm like, okay, I just have to go into it. Yeah. Um, let's. Okay, let's think. How would she sing people? Let's think how she would sing people. Um, Bladded. 
Peppa, Peppa, Peppa. Yes. Exactly. Okay, not going hot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like, I will not wake up the neighbors. Yeah. Not that was incredible. Peppa, Peppa, Peppa. That's what I got for you today. It just made me so happy. Jordan, how did Funny Girl enter your life? Okay, so it actually wasn't as early as like one would expect for like me. Um, I was a musical theater obsessed kid. So I like knew who Barbra Streisand was. And actually I think the first thing I ever saw her in was Meet the Fockers. Um, <laughs> a thrilling performance, okay? Truly, and, she, did, she gives that back massage. She's amazing. And so I like already knew who she was and I was a fan in like, like an outside way of being like, I know who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, but growing up, I was like Judy Garland, Brenda Peters. Those were like the, the two people that I was obsessed with. And now if I had to say like the three, it would be like Judy Garland, Brenda Peters, Barbara Streisand. Yeah. Um, Father, son, holy ghost. Completely. Yeah. Um, and so I think- <laughs> Rob just like- pray bowed. I just want to say for the listener, because this is not a visual forum. Uh, that he's just get, he doing the full. Uh, I don't. I don't. Is that a cross? I'm a Jew. I don't I'm know. Surrounded what by saying. Jews. <laughs> All right. So. Um, uh, so yeah. So I. So like. Growing up, I had heard all like a million songs. I listened to the Broadway station all the time as like a kid and then as a teenager and then as like a person who could drive, that was like all I wanted to do was listen to the Broadway station. So I feel like that was when I first really started listening to Barbara more seriously. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, all the songs just like infiltrated my mind and I like knew everything from Funny Girl without having seen it ever. Like, I just, like, knew the song. Like, I knew, like, Don't Run Afraid. I knew I'm the Greatest Star. I knew people. Like, I knew my man. Like, I just knew these songs. And I was mm-hmm. like, I have to see this movie. Um, and I don't think I saw it for the first time until I was in, I think, I, I remember it was over winter break of, like, early on in my, in college. Like, I was in college and I was home for winter break. And I remember, I, it was a late time to watch it. Like, I didn't watch this when I was young. And I remember watching, um... I watched Funny Girl like in my room alone <laughs> one night when I was home on winter break. And I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Actually, to, to be honest, I think it was a back-to-back. I think I watched, this is, this is crazy. I watched like Judy Garland, A Star is Born. Gay, into, gay, gay, into, gay. I know, gay. into Funny Girl. I'm so proud. <laughs> like, can you even believe? Um, <laughs> That's seven so, hours. Of it was content. like it was like Turner Classic Movies was playing all the musicals. Oh, that's was, that was my foray into Funny Girl, actually. Yes, so that's how it happened. That's uh, how I saw Funny Girl. Turner Classic Movies was playing the musicals, and I was like, finally, I can watch Funny Girl. And I watched it, and I was like, I, 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 I was obsessed. I, it was so unbelievable. Barbara Streisand's performance was so unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I just like. I couldn't recover, really. I was just like, how is this a real thing? I agree. I agree with you. My foray into it was when I was a teenager. Turner Classic Movies had RuPaul as a, like a guest curator of musicals. And they were Rosalind Russell's Gypsy and Funny Girl. And I think the Music Man was the third one. And it was like out of drag RuPaul Andre Charles, right? And oh he it, and it would like cut to him like every so often throughout the film. So it, they just didn't show the film full. I mean, they showed the film full, but like it would cut to him after people and he'd be like, 
I just really love, I really love this movie. And you know what she did there? Everybody say love. Oh my gosh, really? Yes, the whole time. It was fascinating. I definitely uh, had that on like a, you know, like a blank VHS that I yes, watched yes. forever. And it was weird when I finally saw the film without uh, RuPaul Andre Charles in it. You thought RuPaul was like a supporting character. I thought, know? actually, I thought he was Chowsy in, in um, Gypsy. <laughs> And then I thought he was um, one of the lobsters that uh, Fanny eats famously in Boston. Um, so Rob Schneider, when yes. did Funny Girl enter your life? Yesterday. Yesterday. No, I had, you know, it's one of those things that I, when I was growing up, I don't know why I had this in my mind that you could only be like a Liza fan or a Barbara fan. You couldn't be both. Wow. I didn't realize there was diva fluidity until much later in my life. Um, and I was mostly a Liza fan. So I would like seek out all of Liza's movies, including sure. Arthur II on the rocks. Why not? Which, which is fantastic. So, so this, for whatever reason, has just always been on my like, oh, I'll get to it, I'll get to it list. And, and luckily the podcast has forced me into getting into it sooner rather than later. That was me. Okay. Okay, tangent a little bit, but Go. apparently Liza was supposed to be Barbara's standby for the original production of Funny Girl. And she like wasn't because of something else, but that's like how they met her before Florida the Red Menace. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like before Kendra and Ebb like scooped her up for Florida the Red Menace and stuff. Oh. Apparently, I remember I heard this because it, there's some interview. I I might be crazy. I might be lying to you, but I don't think I'm lying. My jaw like, is so unhinged that I'm Jennifer Holiday at this point. <laughs> there's like an interview or something where Judy Garland is like, "Yeah, and my daughter Liza is going to be um, standing by." Like, there's there's some there's something. Wow. I could be lying. I feel like we need to fact check this. We need I'm to looking up when Flora the Red Menace was because Liza won the Tony when she was 19 years old. And it was the year after Funny Girl, 1965. Funny Girl debuted on Broadway in 64. That is wild. Like, I think wow. I could, we need to fact check just to be sure, but I'm almost positive it was supposed to be her. And then it wasn't in her, and Barbara's standby, her original standby was Lainey Kazan. Lainey Kazan, who I just want to give a shout out is uh, Rob's guest on his other podcast with Kevin David Thomas, Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends, this week. What? <laughs> She's and they, actually my guest at the hotel right now. Oh, D did she bring her rotisserie chicken? Or she's 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 in the bathroom. She's cooking the rotisserie chicken as we speak. She steal a ham or, you know, if if the cops come, just nobody knows anything. It's weird you didn't bring that up on that episode. You know, with her, I was a little. Tell, tell me about your arrest record, Miss Kazan. <laughs> I can, was anyway, that, was that honey baked ham worth it? And the answer you is talked yeah. about Playboy, but did you get to the rotisserie chicken that she stole from a uh, supermarket in LA? A Gelson's, a Gelson's on Topanga Canyon. I know where it is. No. <laughs> you probably were at it yesterday. It was like a, a pilgrimage for you. She shoplifted and she still brought coupons. <laughs> She's my kind of woman. All right, Rob. Yeah. First impressions, funny girl. Stunning. Stunning. And I'm, and I'm so angry that so much of my life has passed without it being a part of my life. <laughs> so, first of all, 
her performance is 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 brilliant. Well, where do we want to start? I'm Let's start right at the top. Let's start right with the Hello, very gorgeous. first shot of her, where she looks like a big leopard dildo. <laughs> I am obsessed because of that hat. She walks in right. She's it's just her tall. They're lighting up the New Amsterdam marquee. Fanny Bryce in Zigbelt Follies of insert year here. Um, she walks in, sees that mirror, pulls down the collar of the jacket and says those immortal words. Hello, gorgeous. <laughs> you know, just incredible. Just incredible. Now, this was her first film. Am I correct? In that saying? is correct. 1968. So the musical, 1964. Then she took it to the West End for a few months, got pregnant with Jason uh, via Elliot Gould, her husband <laughs> at the time. She was not pregnant by Jason. She just... I love how you said his name so dismissively. She got pregnant with Jason. And then. Listen, listen. He's the reason Brad Pitt wasn't in The Prince of Tides. Okay. Oh, really? That's the truth. Yes, they fired Brad Pitt from The Prince of Tides so that her son could make his movie debut. I like that. Well, he might be a listener of this podcast and now he just turned it off. I'm just saying Ben Platt could never. Ah! <laughs> okay, so now wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. So this is her, this is her the, first film. You would never know. Because mm-hmm. the first 10 minutes of this, she has such a mastery of the camera. There's, there's, there's no sense that she does not belong in front of a camera. It's and incredible. shockingly, until that point, her only on-camera experience was like doing sort of one-offs in talk shows and variety shows, like the Never famous Judy Garland Never show episode. Yeah, like doing concerts and things. It was all yeah. Yeah, remarkable. Oh, right. She that's in the future. Her specials are in the future. Her uh album, maybe her first and second album have come out by this point. That's it. Um, and it is through this film that like a superstar explodes, right? Her and William Wilder. Uh and they also like brought Kay Medford from the Broadway company uh with her. Who I think is so good also in like a small-ish role. Like they deleted her songs and things. Truly. But like you you believe that that's her mom. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny one. (laughs) (laughs) But it it is funny, right? And it's Streisand, I think, musically at the peak of her powers because she doesn't give a fuck. And it's so lived in where like later on, she's like, I have to be perfect. Everything has to be perfect all the time. And and, go ahead. Sorry. And but in in the 60s, 60s, Barbara is my favorite. Barbara always, always will be because there is this. um, I don't care. I can do it attitude. Right. That's sort of primal and really thrilling. The belt is really thrilling. And when you get that uh, sort of one-two punch that sets up the entire thing of if a girl isn't pretty into I'm the greatest star, and she lights off that firework at the end of I'm the greatest star, chef's kiss. It's the- and I just, I think about, I think about the people who are sitting in a movie theater watching this who didn't know who she was. Like the people who yeah. weren't, who weren't theater fans or something who went to see this and they heard her sing that song. And I'm sure they were just like, Rose in their seat, they couldn't even move after mm-hmm. how brilliant she just like. If I heard that voice come out of some person 
just and not knowing who they were and not like expecting it, I would have just been like losing my mind. I mean, I lose my mind when I hear it now. Like, come on, I I remember watching her twirl like as I'm watching it on my television with a VCR. Like, I remember that twirl. I'll light up like a light, right up like a light. I'll flicker them flare up. And she does, does that spin. And you're like, yeah, you will. You, she's so committed and so wonderful. And that's such an interesting point. Because, yeah, you forget that, you know, she she's coming in without the reputation that we know her for in the following 40 years. I'm sure they were all sitting there being like, why isn't it Anne Margaret up there? You well, know? I, I actually read something at some point this, I remember reading this a long time ago that like the executives were like, we want Shirley MacLaine to do the movie. Mm-hmm. And um, I, thankfully the producer, like other people were like, no. This yeah, is Ray awesome. Stark, who uh, was Fanny Bryce's uh, son-in-law, thankfully uh, was like, no, 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 it's, it's Barbara, no one. Good. And thank God. Uh, I mean, he, uh, he definitely got his, um, because he signed her to like a crazy sort of American Idol contract of six really? movies or something like that. Yeah. And so when she did the sequel, Funny Lady, it's the last movie she did for him. And she got him a big antique mirror and wrote on it in lipstick, paid in full. <laughs> wow. I have seven Streisand bios that are right over She's an icon. She's so cool. You know, one of the the other things I loved about watching this movie is I know know her for her later work. So I know her for Prince of Tides and I know her for The Mirror Has Two Faces. And I didn't see Meet the Fockers. So so maybe I'm missing out on something. Yeah, you're really missing out on on an amazing wig too. That's 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 a wig, yeah. But to see her be so funny and not in her later work, please forgive me. In her later work, I feel like there's always Barbara the perfectionist watching Barbara to make sure it's being done correctly, if that makes sense. Yes, with with rare exceptions. Yes, yeah, but I feel like she's she's so in control of what she wants, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. But to see it at this early phase, like where you were saying where there are no fucks given, but to see her be so funny and maybe she worked very very hard to make all of those little bits seem spontaneous but it's so wonderful to watch her not only be funny but enjoying herself yes Mm -hmm. yeah it seems so Mm -hmm. easy it just seems easy yeah i that's probably because it's so lived in right because she did it on broadway for a year perhaps yeah and then a few months in the west end before jason (laughs) (laughs) your enemies and you list. Uh, like you know, me and Jason. Yeah, um, I think it just—it's very lived in. Let's talk about though, funny girl through the queer lens of somebody who is othered. Mm. Completely. So, you're watching it. You're watching Funny Girl for the first time. Yeah. Did you see yourself in it, other than being, of course, the greatest star? I well, I am by far. I mean, I, I think I identify with funny lady more than I identify with funny girl. Um, and Omo Sharif's mustache, both are like. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to the Omar we'll of it all. Well, absolutely. Because, you know, Fanny, Fanny Bryce broke so many ceilings in, even before we even get to like Barbara Streisand breaking glass ceilings. Mm-hmm. But, but Fanny Bryce, you know, saying, listen, I'm, I'm totally aware that people that look like me are not supposed to stick out even more than we already are. 
And for her to just break that ceiling and go, no, this is exactly who I am and I'm going to embrace my otherness is automatically a way I think for the queer community to latch into this story. Mm -hmm. you're, al you're already seeing someone who's not ashamed of their otherness. And I think, again, because they set it up so much, like, if you're not pretty, you're not going to get anywhere. Well, it's, you, it's, it's the first moment of the film where she comes in and she doesn't look like, you know, Ava Gardner. She doesn't look like Lana Turner. And she says, hello, gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And automatically that self-deprecation puts us right onto her side. Yeah. And if you're a member of the queer community, you also get that otherness in that line that brings you right in from the beginning. Yeah. So I was, I'm aware of it. I mean, and yes, she looks fabulous coming in with the, yes, yes. Come on. But just that first moment of self-deprecation, it's automatically, I feel like a queer film. Mm -hmm. Completely. I think the, the section that always, I mean, the entire movie does this, but the section that always really makes me emotional. And I think be, through, through a queer lens really is the people section. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It like, I think, first of all, it's like a really beautiful scene of courtship of like two people who are attracted to each other, but like figuring that out. And I think it's one of like my favorite scenes that deals with that. And the thing that is like so, so important about this scene specifically is that Fanny still doesn't think that she's good enough and she still doesn't feel like she's pretty enough and right enough and like, mm -hmm the quote unquote right thing right and like for a long time in that section even through the flirting and through all of this and i think that's so i mean it's it's not like obviously queer coded at the time but it's it's a very queer storyline it's a very queer thing to for like queer people to understand of feeling like is this real is this right is yeah yeah. to me so so much you know, of the movie is sort of uh, of like that uh when she uh, when they try to push her down into like to conform right to be like the roller skating number when they try to make her one of the people mm -hmm. to be just like them it fails spectacularly but when she's allowed to be herself be her authentic self is when she shines yeah Fanny. The, and I'm the so happy. Yes. And I'm so happy that you mentioned people because even though it's not, you know, written in any sort of like queer code, it's the generalization of it. She doesn't say, you know, boys need girls or I love you and I need you. It's that generalization of people that it, it's like dipping your toe into the pool, almost like I feel this way. Do you feel the same way? Yes. And while she doesn't feel that way, because she's not quote unquote attractive in the conventional sense back then. I think there's also been a lot of situations I'm sure in, in queer people's lives where you're attracted to someone and you just don't, is this just a friendship? Is this gonna be something more than that? So I'm so happy that you mentioned that. I'm so happy that you mentioned that. The lyric lovers are very special people. Lovers. Yeah, love. Oh, lovers are very special people. Very yeah, special and people, it's, and it's people who need people. She's not saying I need you or you need me. It's that generalization of it. Right. Which There's I, no boys and girls like you and me. No. Yeah. <laughs> they, they easily could have done. Yeah, hundred percent, one hundred percent. And so I, there I, is like the whole "you are woman, I am man." Yeah. Of the seduction scene, which is 
again, really and, funny. And it's almost, in some way, it's almost like she apologizes for it because people like me aren't supposed to be in love with people like you. Mm-hmm. That's I, not what society accepts. Completely. It's, I mean, it's so, truly this movie just like always makes me cry throughout. Like, I feel like I'm going to cry the entire time watching it because it, at like, it connects to so many levels and layers of things to peel back with like feeling other. And I think it does that, it, it can, I think that's why it's lasted so long and people care about it so much is because Barbara's performance really like shows anyone who's watching it can latch onto something and of feeling other in her mm-hmm. performance. Absolutely. Whether it's through a queer lens, whether it's through a Jewish lens, whether it's through just not looking like the conventional societal norm of beauty standard. And I think that's like why her performance is so unbelievably legendary because somehow it is so specific and so every man all at the same time. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's definitely one of the reasons that there hasn't been a Broadway revival to date because the her performance specifically in the film because it was captured is so baked in uh to the legend of funny girl, right? Yeah, because I remember when people started talking about oh we're going to do a revival of funny girl. And my feeling was, I was like, yeah, it's about time. You know, she, I'm sure she's, because I haven't seen the movie. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure she's great, but nobody owns this character. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, what do we do now? I mean, there is a strong rumor, very strong rumor, that the Michael Mayer production uh, that was playing in London is going to come here with Idina Menzel. And I have interesting about that. Now, I heard that production was very good. I saw it at the Chocolate Factory. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I liked it very much. It was tiny, but I liked it very much. I love that like all of Eddie's numbers were in there, which Jordan is a role that you need to get on. Oh, I dream. Immediately. Just let me be in that show. Anyone, let me do anything. Gender bend the show. Let me just like walk He's on stage it. for one second. Just let me walk by. We'll if you want to watch a gender bent performance from Funny Girl, go to Jordan's Instagram because I had a uh, semi-hit talk show at 54 Below. For semi-hit. It was a hit. <laughs> that night it was. Uh, Jordan was a guest and saying, I'm the greatest star. And it's on his Instagram, his IGTV. So go watch him give you many faces. <laughs> uh, so I saw that production. It uh, definitely needs someone. Sheridan Smith was fine, but you shouldn't just be fine, right? You, like it needs to be like, oh my God. And I have, I take issue with like Idina Menzel playing it because she's 50 and uh, she's not funny. And so are they just going to retitle it Woman? <laughs> you're, you're an asshole. I can't believe you You were like, um, that was a really delayed uh, reaction that hurts me <laughs> as a Broadway World Award nominated comedian. <laughs> Who did you lose to? Randy Rainbow. Oh, but not Tova? It. No, no. Tova, what, that not was a Tova different... Tova Leona Helmsley? She, no. She was on a balcony when she accepted. She printed Ew. out she Ew. printed out the whole website just so she could give a speech. <laughs> framed it. Anyway, Tova Feldshu in Funny Girl. You know. I'd watch it. I'd watch not it. Not as Fanny. You know, though, she would be like, I'm going to play the mother. 
She'd no. be, she'd be it, good. She'd be so good as the it mom. would be deadly. Come on. She she would be. Let's talk about Omar Sharif and his bonded teeth. Oh, because you haven't now, seen Funny Lady. See, is it true they were having an affair? Yes, and it almost caused a war. Tell me. This is true. So they Barbara likes to fuck her leading men. Uh, no, she again, fucked Lauren Bacall. That's a true story. On the mirror has two faces. I was there. <laughs> she fucked on the mirror. That actually oh, said paid in full. So now it's just on Betty Bacall's ass. I love Lauren Bacall in that movie. She's wonderful. I mean, everybody. Brenda Vaccaro and her voice. Come on. It's so hard. <laughs> I love that. Part. That was my he Lauren was a Bacall. Good I, hope you man. Like I, I love that. <laughs> he was a good man, Sophia. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Go back to our Golden Girls episode with Patrick Hines uh, to get that entire impression. He was a good man. So, uh, Omar Sharif, wow, what a handsome, handsome oh. man. Oh. Um, and yeah, they were having an affair, and it was like during the middle of the uh, Egypt seven day war. Yeah, the Seven Day War. Wild. Six Day, six day War. Six, six day? day War. You Six know what? Days. On oh, the seventh, God. I'm horrible. I'm so sorry. I'm on horrible. the seventh, they rested. <laughs> on the seventh, they went to see Funny Girl. That's correct. The West and they, said, it's done. We've got world Wait, peace. I didn't. I didn't know they were having an affair. Oh, yeah. Which was uh, like their scene sparkle. I mean, he's very beautiful, and she is very beautiful, so they can do whatever they want. Correct. And like, she is still married to Elliot Gould at the time. Oh, so wow. it's illicit. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna let you borrow one of these, these several are... biographies. How many do you have? I probably have twelve about Garland and seven about Barbara. <laughs> I am, uh, how you say, G E I G H G. I still have my card intact. Well, I have my Bernadette Peter Saint candle. I can't. Over there. Yes. Uh, you know what? Eventually, we're going to do the uh, Roger and Hammerstein Cinderella, and you're going to come back for that. I'm off book. I'm already off book. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so Omar Sharif is so beautiful. Looks nothing like Nick Arnstein. Yeah. Who is still alive as this is being made. Wait, what? Yeah. When this movie was being made, yes. he was alive? So, and apparently he used to show up at the theater when it was on stage uh, to ask for money from Ray Stark so he could go gamble. Whoa. Isn't that wild? That is heavy. Mm. I like to bring it down on the gay card revoked. <laughs> uh, that's my gift to you. So, But he's wonderful on screen. Yeah, completely. And also, because he is Middle Eastern um, in life, not Nicky Arnstein, um, he too, in some way, is othered, which is yeah. fascinating to me. Yes, yeah. Okay. So what would you say, Jordan, is your favorite part of Funny Girl? Oh, okay. So I knew that this was probably going to be a question and yet I still struggle with it. But um, I think, <laughs> okay. Um, I, I mean, I have a few, <laughs> I have a few, I'm cheating. It's but, fine. But I'm the Greatest Star is mm -hmm. really a spectacular moment because it's her first, like, it's, it's like, it sets us up for what we're about to see. Mm -hmm. And it is so just like, 
it's a tour de force. I just think about if I was seeing that in the theater, either on the screen or on stage, I would have been like, I would have lost my mind. Have you ever seen this on the big screen? No. Oh, I have a few times here in New York. Oh. Next time it happens. Let's go, like, please. Had a, had a lettuce likes to host a lot of classic movies down at Village G Cinemas. Okay, well, we're gonna go. We're gonna go. It's, it's a date with my oh. second ex-husband. <laughs> um, I love that. I also love, um, I love after the roller skating number when she does, I'd rather be blue. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not part of the music. Not in a musical. No. And it's an actual Fanny Bryce song, which I think is really cool that that is part of that. And I just think it's so, it's such a small number compared to everything else in the show. Yeah. Our movie. And it's so charming and mm-hmm. it just shows the way that she captures an audience. And Barbara is like at her most charismatic in that yeah. moment. It's so charismatic. Um. I and I mean I wanted to say everything. I'm gonna like keep listing every number. Sure. Um, I mean, obviously, people I already said I'm obsessed with. Mm-hmm. I okay, let's just go to like my man, obviously. My uh, man is, like one of the uh, greatest performances I've ever seen. And she did it live. She did it live. I watched it starts, an interview with her. It starts live yes. with her until the the band kicks in, the Vegas yes. arrangement, and you can see like the shift to lip sync but that live section is so stunning and the way that William Wyler has filmed it where it's just black right and she's in black with like just the bob and the diamond and all you see is like a, sort of a neck and yeah. face right and that one tear here the tear just and it's just stunning and the, to hear Oscar. that that's like just really her her voice in that mm-hmm. moment without it being like from a studio is so incredible. I remember listening to this interview with her where she talked about how she was like, I had to sing that live because I hate lip syncing. And she, she was like, I hate it. And I came She's in and Judy Garland. Let's let's be fair. She, she was like, I'm not doing this. And I love that she was like, this isn't happening. And that she and that she got her way though in that moment. And Barbara Streisand really begat the Lay Miz film. Yes. <laughs> She, something, honestly, speaking of the fact that, like, she got her way in that moment is really just, like, one of the most incredible things about Barbara is that she always, she knew how to fight for what she wanted Mm -hmm. in a time where she wasn't, like, where she wasn't often allowed to fight for what she wanted on, like, a film set. That was her first movie. And she was able to be, like, no. She, She was able to say no, which I think, like, if I was on a movie set, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yes, of course, of course, anything. And it's just incredible to see someone like understand their artistry and understand their worth in a way to be like, no, this is what I need and this is what I'm doing. Rob, what about you? What what stood out to you in this film I, as I, a first timer, which well, is the I, dumbest I, thing I've ever said? I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, Don't Read On My Parade is perhaps one of the most brilliantly executed musical numbers on screen I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. How do I not even say that? Oh, I I'm so know. sorry. I'm so I'm sorry. Clear. The <laughs> way Her running with those roses and as they fall apart more and more as she's like further. The way the way it builds, the way William Wyler has directed it, but also I want to give a shout out to a, a guy named Harry Stradling. Mm, the cinematographer. cinematographer. Mm-hmm. Brilliant when she's on the boat and it pulls back. I mean, it is uh, stunning, just absolutely stunning. Stunning. 
And she's on that train. When they cut to her on the train and they zoom in, I always think I'm like, there's no way she's singing the correct lyrics in that moment. And she is. Yes. It is. Sync up correctly. I'm like, this is brilliant. Streisand loves a musical number on any sort of mode of transport. Moving vehicle. She loves a moving vehicle. But it's it's so brilliant. It gives you forward momentum, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's it. So to me, I was like, well, I'm done. You could sh- if you had to shut the movie off right now, I would be happy. It's it's a perfect number. I agree with you. And also. Somebody should do a supercut of it. You know that supercut of uh, Lapone singing The Ladies Who Lunch where it's just on her lips the whole time? Somebody should do that, but of Streisand's Roses because they fall, like, the more that she gets through the number, they're falling apart because she's like, now she's on a boat and she's got, like, three left, right? And that's a journey. It's really good. It's it's So so to me, that was... I mean, there's so many things in this movie that really just stuck with me, stuck with me. But that whole sequence was just mind blowing, phenomenal. Oh, you know what? Always sorry to say, to just add another favorite Please. thing. Every number in the movie, mm-hmm. um, I another song that isn't in the musical, like the title number, "Funny Girl." Oh yeah. I think Funny. also always makes me cry because of her her performance of it. Like it's it it reminds me. It does something similar to me that um, Elaine Stritch in her one woman show when she te- after she tells the story about um, um, what, uh, Richard Burton coming to her dressing room <laughs> and telling- almost. Yes, yes, after she says that and everyone laughs and then she's like, and then I sat down and cried. Mm-hmm. And then she sings um, her mashup of, but not for me, if love were all mashup. Yeah. It mm-hmm. gives me the same feelings of that. That moment of like a person who just is like, doesn't have that that thing that they want in that moment and love and it just destroys me every time now gentlemen let me ask you because i know that robbie i know you saw the stage version of it in london Mm -hmm. and jordan have you ever seen the stage version of it i've seen a lot of clips on the internet but i've never (laughs) seen it live so then let let me ask you um what do you prefer overall as a story? Not necessarily Barbara Streisand's performance, but what do you prefer overall as a story? The stage version or the, what's uh, eventually what made it into the movie? Because I know the movie is different from the stage version. I think, okay, and I, and I watched the um, London one that they professionally filmed and released. Mm-hmm. Right, that's on Broadway HD and, for folks. And that's the one you saw, Robbie? Yeah. Okay. But they had moved it to the Savoy, but it is the same production. Okay. Yeah. And I think that the movie fixes a lot of issues, but also cuts some things that I love. Mm-hmm. So there like needs to be a version of it that needs to like exist. It's kind of an amalgamation, honestly. It's hard for me to be like, I prefer one over the other because like the musical, I'm like, I'm obs- I love Cornette Man. I love some of the, mm-hmm. the musical journeys that this character takes and the way that it's like a memory play on stage, I think works very well. Yeah. But, um, there are things the movie does that fi- that fixes a lot of like issues that just can't work on stage. The whole thing started as a film that was going to be called My Man. That was not a musical. Uh, written it was by a Isabel. Biopic? Yeah, written by Isabel Leonard, and they could not get it made. So uh, Ray Stark, who again is Fanny Bryce's um, son-in-law, said, "We'll do it on stage." And so they started writing a score, um, and they wanted Anne Bancroft but they saw Streisand at the Bonsoir 
uh, which was a nightclub downtown. And Julie Stein was so knocked out by her that he started to write with her in mind and he played people for her. And she looked at him and she said, I can't sing that. But they thought about Mary Martin. They thought about Carol Burnett. Like there were so many people before they landed on Streisand. They thought about every non-Jewish person they could think of. Truly. And Sondheim said it needs to be a Jew. Which is so, which is, I, I believe to be incredibly true, especially because I think about, so I, I think about this a lot because people ask me all the time, who do I want to play Fanny Bryce in Revival? Who do I know, blah, 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 because I love Funny Girl. And I always think about- Well, we're going to ask you that question. So if you were casting Funny Girl. <laughs> well, there's something to me about that this character is really so rooted in the Jewish experience mm -hmm. and really rooted in a, a real person who was rooted in the Jewish experience also, obviously. Um, so there is a part of me, like, I get it. Everyone can, like, people should be able to play lots of different things. So there is a part of me that's like, okay, if someone understands the culture, understands what's going on, but there is a major part of me that's like, I think a Jewish actress needs to play this role. Especially when I think about in the musical, this song isn't in the movie, but the Sergeant Schwartz number. Oh, yes. Kind it's of only works when it's a Jewish actress because when it's not a Jewish actress, it becomes either making fun of Judaism or like it becomes offensive or they mm. have to go a different direction and it can't be a Yiddish musical, a musical number. And like, it can't, so, so I, I have lots of feelings with that, but I have a person that I think could do that. You can see Mimi Hines who replaced Barbara on Broadway and it ran for another 18 months after Barbara left. Uh, Mimi Hines doing Private Schwartz on YouTube. Yes. And I think, the music that makes me dance, which is a spectacular song. That so good. I love that song. I don't know which I would if it would be that or my man because they are both in the same place. I know, but my god. Anyway, um, you were saying who would it be? So you you are Bernie Telsey. If I was Bernie Telsey, mm -hmm. if there is a person that I've thought of a lot, and I've said this to her. I have. I was like, you need to do this, and I think that. I have lots of reasons, I'll tell you. But I think Michaela Diamond would be a spectacular oh, yeah. Fanny Bryce. She would um, be. She, she's very young right now, but Barbara is also very young and she mm -hmm. did this. And the reason why I, I say this is because I, I thought this after I saw the Cher show, um, because she was young, she was like youngest Cher and whatever the character's name. Babe. She was a babe. <laughs> I was like young she Cher. on that oh, tricycle. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, she, so she's, she's, Jewish, she's an unbelievable vocalist, comedian, dancer, like she, she does it all. Mm -hmm. And she is so different than Barbara Streisand. Mm. She does not have a Streisand sounding voice. She does not have a Streisand look. And I think there's something about that that is super helpful for a revival of a show that is based around someone so iconic where they're like, how do we find someone who can do this when all we're gonna be thinking about is Barbara? And so I'm like, She's not like that. She would bring such a unique new take to it that is so right. Also, she looks a lot like Fanny Bryce. There are pictures of Fanny Bryce, like the real Fanny Bryce. And I was like, they look like Michaela. It's mm -hmm. weird. Um, so I don't know. That's a thought that I have. There are lots of millions of other people who I think are brilliant and could do it also. But I remember I thought that at one point. And I was like, I mean, she's, she's really brilliant. That's excellent casting. Rob, you uh, direct a lot of theater. Who would you, who's your dream Fanny Bryce? Well, I mean, I just want to say, you know, Mimi Hines is still alive. 
Bring her back. Bring her Still back. Singing, honestly. Honestly. Lady Kazan can be her standby. Lady Kazan can be her standby. They should uh, do sideshow together. <laughs> who, who, who does Laney's probation officer play? Uh, buddy. Great. Yeah. Great. Actually, the boss. He, I think the boss. He's Ken Jennings. He's a, we're connected by a stolen rotisserie chicken. Wow. Um, I, you know, this is really hard because I think, oh, God, forgive me. for First of all, Michaela Diamond is a genius idea. I never mm -hmm. would have thought of that in a million years. She's a buddy I, of mine. She's a, uh, she and Nathan Salsone is a very dear friend of mine. So brilliant. I'm waiting for her to cook for me. I, I know. Oh. I think, unfortunately, I think that there will be a funny girl revival. And I think it's going to be something that probably a lot of people will be like, I didn't like it because she's not Barbara. Whoever that person ends up being, we'll get that out of our system. And then 10 years later, I think it'll come back and people will be able to appreciate it now for its own entity, if that makes sense. So you think it'll be like the 95 company? Yes. Yes, I was trying to think of like an example, and that's a perfect example. That is a perfect example. I don't yeah. like to brag about my brilliance, but it is no, but I the think, level. No, but I, I think you're absolutely right. I think it has to be like a 95 company where it's we'll, we'll get it in, we'll get it out of our system, may, maybe a little bit like the roundabout follies from 2001, whatever. Why do you hate us? Why would you do that to us? <laughs> I, <laughs> I saw roundabout, that, Follies. What did we ever do to you? Honest <laughs> to God. Like Todd Hames. Do better. Do better. But I think I I think He's that's the way right? it's gonna. I think that's the way it's gonna go. Um, I was excited. I mean, first of all, when remember when Lauren Ambrose was gonna do it? Yes, I do. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Uh, and they Same. were. I was they like, were not. Bart Sheer was like, no, evening. it's happening. I'm going to make her a musical star. Okay. Um, but I was very excited when I heard that Lady Gaga was might be coming and bringing it back at some point that yes. excited me that was a rosie o'donnell rumor uh rosie come on because he claimed she... it was true rosie really claimed it was true she kept saying it was true yeah but i think she was trying to that... make that hype real but let's imagine that it was true it would have been a really great idea though i, think. I agree i think that she is so special that it would be uh wonderful and but i have a feeling she's she's already jumped into like barbara and judy garland's shoes once she's not gonna do it again uh when she did oh, with, speaking of a star is born I'm that right ending her ending number in that star is born is mm -hmm. for sure an homage to my man like oh, I think 100%. Was, like, was obviously my man right mm -hmm. Yeah, there are homages to all of the. I mean, there was an homage to ladies. every version of Star is Born, to right. everything that Barbara's ever done, everything Judy's ever done. And what a gift. Orfe goes, I call her Stephanie. She stole my career. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, me. What about, you? what about you, Robbie? Yeah, I've cast this in my mind a million times. It's Jessica Vosk. I mean, she's so, her voice, I like heard her listen. I've obviously listened to her sing. Um, the music that makes me dance on her That's album. why we put it on the album. <laughs> I'm not stupid. Uh, <laughs> so it's Jessica Vosk. It's Mauricio Martinez as uh, uh, Nikki Arnstein. And um, my friend Jordan Matthew Brown would be Eddie Ryan. Oh, please. And Rosie O'Donnell is... <laughs> Rosie uh, O'Donnell is... The one role she wants. <laughs> Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Um, Bryce. 
I remember when Lauren Ambrose was doing was supposed to do it. Bobby Cannavale was going to be Nikki yeah. Arts, which I thought was a great casting. I thought that was great. Like Nick Cordero would have been great. Oh, you know, yeah. Um, there's so many like personable men who can just be suave. Uh, Will Chase, you know. Yeah, he would be He's a great Nick scene. Who's like, yeah. who's like hot, a little slimy, but you like it. Like you're rooting for him anyway. Like he knows how to play that kind of character really well. And when's Jackie Hoffman gonna play Mrs. Straykosh? Like, come on. That do you want scenery on stage? Yes, I no, I want that scenery chewed. I want it even gone. I want the scenery devoured by the time I leave. So Mary Testa is playing Mrs. Bryce. Yes. Is what I'm hearing. And Jackie Hoffman is if a girl isn't pretty, like a Miss Atlantic City, all it she so gets good. in life is pity and a pet. It would be so good, okay? I don't understand how people aren't clamoring for this. What? It's just the cast of Xanadu is. <laughs> yeah, Funny girl. I, it would be so good. Starring Cubby Bernstein. Yeah, Carrie, Carrie, <laughs> Carrie Butler is playing um, Fanny Bryce in this revival. Oh. Cheyenne Jackson is playing Nick Arnstein. Great. Actually, great casting for Cheyenne. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, oh. Anika, and Anika Larson is playing... Um, Fanny uh, Bryce. I, I, yeah, she's playing Fanny Bryce too. Carrie, <laughs> Carrie Butler does act one, and Nico Larson does act two. Yes, they do it just the like least, the Evita at Jewish City version. Center. Yes, it's the least Jewish <laughs> version of Funny Girl ever, but it will be sung and acted gorgeously. Shiksa Girl. So just Shiksa. Funny Shiksa. <laughs> Sherry Renee Scott is. The beat. She's so underplayed. I would love it, though. I would. Do. What I mean by that is, like, she says something so funny and makes it sound like it's the most non-funny thing in the world. Would makes it even more funny. She just underplays every laugh line of hers, and it makes it funnier. I enjoy Sherry Renee Scott. I do too. I think Thank she's you. Um. Okay, let's talk about why you think that this is a formative movie for young gays. I think I think for several reasons, but primarily I do I think it's really a story about someone discovering themselves in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I think it's about um, a person figuring out who they are and self-love and how to love someone else and really all the things that we kind of do as we grow up within queerness, within gayness. Mm-hmm. And I think it's beautiful because of that and I think it's an easy connecting point also I just think every gay person should know about Barbara Streisand <laughs> famously tied for an Oscar with Katherine Hepburn in Lion in Winter and she yes. won it because she had just done enough movies that she could vote for herself and that was the vote that put her over that is I did not know that that was how that tie happened three movie you have to have three movies to become a voting member at that time and she had just finished filming on a clear day you can see forever wow okay i get a youtube video recommendation like Mm -hmm. every other day that is how did the tie for best actress happen i get that youtube recommendation all the time and i've never watched it so i'm glad i don't need to now no that's why we're here at gay card revoked uh the people's podcast (laughs) well this has been a damn dream of an hour. I can't tell you. I can't thank you so much. Happy Pride, everyone. Happy yes. Pride. Happy you Pride. Know, 
here's your homework for next week. Is it going to be next week? We don't even know. We had a plan. We shot the plan to hell. I'm uh, sorry, folks. I'm in LA. I apologize. It's not your fault. It's Me. both of our faults. We got very busy. Uh, so homework for the next episode. Uh, we're going to watch a documentary called The Queen, which is uh, about a drag pageant in the early 60s, a pre-Stonewall. Um, because uh, for Pride, we're going to watch a, one documentary that's pre-Stonewall and then one that is post-Stonewall. And, uh, and pre-Paris is burning. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Um, so, and, you know, it gave rise to Crystal Balenciaga and these wonderful queens. Um, so that's what we're doing next time. Uh, hey, Rob, we have a Patreon. Let's tell the people about that. Yes, we do. You can head on over to www.patreon.com dot com you can search for gay card revoked and uh when you get there you can go to one of four different levels we have ally bottom verse and top Correct. and uh depending on uh what level you are you will get perks and benefits associated with it we prefer tops because uh we don't find them much in real life hmm. so needles in a haystack honestly needles in a gay stack if you will or uh, in the uh, ensemble of the Book of Mormon. <laughs> uh, and you can follow us everywhere at G Revoked. We would love it if you would leave a uh, rating review and tell your friends about our pod because uh, I really enjoy doing it with my pal Rob. I enjoy um, doing it with my pal Robbie. Stop it. You stop it. Yeah. And don't forget, folks, Robbie's added a second show. So go over and buy tickets. Now, they're not, it's not streaming, right, Robbie? It's live. No, I can't afford a sync rights to stuff. No, no, no. That's fine. You're better in person. So that's yeah. going to be fantastic. First of all, rude, because I have a hit album. <laughs> I know. I, I gave you a great review. You sure did. You sure did. But somebody balanced that with disastrous. And oh, that so, was me. That was me. Sorry. Yeah. Good, good, good. Thanks. George. All right. And Robbie, uh, tell I'll everyone what happened to the man who said it was disastrous. He was in the hospital two days later. And <gasps> uh, that's karma. <laughs> I don't know. He's still alive, but. Uh. <laughs> but he better not review the new show. Screw the Beast Awards. I will never accept them. And I will never get them a press ticket again. <laughs>